koutou and welcome to Primary Matters, an MPI podcast that delves into things that matter to our primary industries. I'm Carol Stiles, and in this podcast, I'll be taking a look at what's going on to keep our food and fibre industries thriving and safe. In this series, I'm catching up with people who have crucial and often surprising jobs to protect animals, crops, our environment and the economy. It's kind of a case of, you do what? What absolutely horrifies me. Uh, well, it's, it's after, after doing this for 25 years, it's not that many things that can horrify me anymore because I've, I've, seen, I've seen it all. That includes bits of critically endangered animals passed off as plants, uncooked imported meat falsely labelled as cooked and ground glands of exotic animals. Like this one was seized only once or twice in, in 30 years. Same as this one, maybe four or five times. This is Zoran Sinovcic, and it's his job to help identify food and other items that have landed in New Zealand and could put our agriculture sector at risk. So I'll show something interesting. Zoran's particularly interested in food arriving from countries that have foot and mouth disease. That's because the virus usually enters a country through contaminated animal products, which go on to be fed to susceptible animals. It's estimated an outbreak of foot and mouth here could cost New Zealand billions of dollars. We've met Zoran before in this series. He's occasionally called out to handle snakes that have hitchhiked to New Zealand. But, as you'd imagine, that's not his full-time job. For most of us there, it'll be Asian food and traditional Chinese medicines. It's either inspections or advisory, uh, which I provide across MPI or to other government agencies. You've brought in lots of boxes. Yeah. Yeah. So, What's in here? Well, pretty much samples of everything that ever went wrong. Uh, these products have been seized, samples are kept, irradiated or treated otherwise to make sure that biosecurity risk is eliminated and then we can use them for training or as a reference material for further investigations. Show me what you've got. Oh, just name it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, here we go. So these are some samples of um, dry cured Chinese sausages, pork bellies. Pork belly? Yeah, pork bellies, ducks, more sausages. Then we have chunks of um, dry cured Chinese ham, like this one. That surprises me. It is, what's in there? Yeah. Ham. Yes, but Chinese it's ham. in a can. Yes, but the can is used for packing. Can is used, not used for heat treatment. So it wasn't the case where you have product pre-cooked. It's not like baked beans. No, no, it's not like baked beans. This is just dried can, uh, dried ham, put in can. The rest of the can is filled with oil. So if you open this can, you'll see just dry cured raw ham. It doesn't look like anything cooked. So these products, are these sausages, pork bellies, and, and uh, hams, that'll be the highest risk products because they haven't been heat processed so whatever pathogens might be present are not dead yes yeah, so that'll be primary focus of me of what I do at the border or in post border around supermarkets what risk does this pose the risk with the um, associated with not heat processed meat products and this uh, in this is a couple of examples of pork products would be 
foot and mouth disease, African swine flu, even some um, human transferable diseases. Uh, one of the top, uh, in terms of human health, would be botulism. So the risk is really high. If you can imagine this ending uh, as, a, as a, you know, pig's fill or pig food in the food scraps, that wouldn't be good. I can see why somebody might want to send a treat to their family in New Zealand. Yeah, but in, in, in the cases like these, one, two, three, four, thirty, none of that stuff was sent as a present. This was all seized as commercial shipments. So they were all commercial shipments, containerized shipments, uh, falsely declared as uh, cooked, but they were not cooked. So either we seize these at the border or we seize them from the supermarkets because they were reported to us by importers of Asian food as uh, being sold but not complying with import health requirements. Zoran says tip-offs come in anonymously about illegal imports and, as he mentioned, other suppliers know what they haven't been allowed to import themselves, so sometimes call in when they see things that ring alarm bells. He says there's a real willingness amongst retailers to be compliant. Their livelihood depends on it. The biggest import of, of uh, food from China and from other Asian countries would import like around six or 700 shipping containers a year. So a lot of your work would be around education. Oh yeah, heaps, heaps. Because that's how you start. Because you don't, when you see the problem either at the border or in post-border, you don't know what happened. You don't know is it something because they thought it's uh, it's cooked or it's not cooked. You don't know if uh, if the problem is with supplier who provided incorrect information. You don't know if that was done deliberately or not. So it needs to be investigated, and then it needs to be educated. They need to be educated about uh, how important it is. New Zealand and also you know what are the worst case scenarios for us and for them in terms of animal health and for them in terms of compliance or legal actions if this continues so it's all about education it's, it's pretty simple any meat from anywhere in the world any country world is subject to MPI clearance you just need to declare it. that's it Zoran's other portfolio is traditional Chinese medicines. He says they're another smaller pathway for unwanted diseases to arrive in New Zealand. The problem with these medicines is that they're not processed at all, so we're talking about dry, raw medicines. What have you got in there? Oh, I've got all of them here. So all of them that, uh, that matter something to us. So again, you have multiple aspects. It's um, biosecurity risk. These are all raw biosecurity products, just shredded antelope horns, um, leeches. This would be buffalo horn, regularly declared as a plant product because a lot of these animal products look like plant products. It's just a raw shredded buffalo horn, not heat treated, so any biosecurity risk that might have been present on the animal is still here. So that's why these are considered to be high risk. What's this one? So these are chicken gizzard, just dried chicken gizzard skin. Again, declared as a plant product. We can go on like this all day. (laughs) Yeah, so these are pangolin scales. Again, they were declared as a fruit, dry fruit. And when we raided and we seized more of this, 
It was combined agency action. It was us, Customs, Police, Wildlife Enforcement Group in 2008. And we seized their computers and we found emails when they were asking their counterparts in China to send more of this declared as a fruit. So there's no shame in what they do. For traditional Chinese medicines, that nine out of ten people will be aware that they, what they do is prohibited. Because they know that none of these products, like animal products, cyber antelopones or pangolin scares, they, they can't go to shop somewhere and to buy it. They know that nobody's selling it because these, these animals are highly endangered. So there's intent. There's intent, yeah. This is something we didn't expect. This is just raw musk. And this was seized in, um, in a shipment, um, mixed shipment of Chinese medicines and some brand new equipment for clinics or for people to, to cook their tea. And these were concealed in brand new cooking pots, factory packed and strapped, so that it just looked like any other brand new equipment that you can see in farmers. We didn't expect to see, to find this inside, so that, that was quite a surprise. When you first saw that, you wouldn't have known what it was. You wouldn't know, but you, you wouldn't rely on, on the label, on a sticker. You just take a small sample, burn it, and then the burn, the way it burns and it smells, they'll tell you, is it plant product? You know, because you can see if it burns like a paper or, or wood, or if it burns like a, a feathers or hair, whatever. What's that one? So this was this was a silkworm pupa, just dried silkworm pupa. So how often would you be called out to have a look at something? It depends. It it can be two or three a week, and then nothing for a couple of weeks, and then it'll be more Chinese medicines before the winter. So they need to stock up so you can you can have enough healthy Chinese medicines for the winter. <laughs> it goes it goes throughout the year, but less. Uh, less. I'd say maybe once, uh, once or twice a week. That's quite often. Yeah, it is quite often, but there's, yeah, it, it's not as, as big as people think it is. It's not as problematic as people think it is because we have learned enough in 30 years to know what exactly to focus on. You must have some very good work stories. You, you need to give me more time to, <laughs> to, to pick which one was the... The worst. I mean, you, I mean, you see all sorts of things. There was a guy who moved back from Indonesia and he imported his um, his equipment back from Indonesia to to New Zealand, and something just wasn't adding up in terms of communication, documentation, whatever. So we decided to unload the container under MPI supervision, and at the end of the container there was a cage. And there was inside of that cage, there was just the carcass of what he claimed to be unicorn. It was just ugly looking, dry carcass of some buffalo. But he claimed that it was uh, given to him by his family. And they claimed that it was a real genuine unicorn. Right. Well, you can guess what it was. <laughs> it was a unicorn or not. So it was a, a carcass? It was just a carcass, yeah, carcass of, uh, like, you could see bones sticking out. You can see some dry meat and skin. Uh, you couldn't really see a head because head was probably already taken and preserved. Well, they wanted because to preserve was, the yeah, horn. Yeah, because it was <laughs> unicorn, yes. <yeah, so. laughs>
Soren Sinipchich, an MPI incursion investigator. He says penalties for importing banned products can be hefty. A few years ago, an importer was personally fined $60,000 and was given three years home detention. Their company was also fined $180,000. Practitioners of traditional Chinese medicine are allowed to bring herbs into New Zealand, but they must be declared and inspected for insects, fungi and other contaminants when they arrive. I'm Carol Stiles and you've been listening to You Do What? A series in MPI's Primary Matters podcast. Thanks for listening. Kia pai tada.